This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Another day for the Mets and Yankees. We'll discuss, plus I think the Knicks might have their point guard. Gordon and I will talk right now. At 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter, at Gordon Damer, at Hardest to ESPN, at ESPN NY, 98 underscore 7 FM, along with Jake the Snake and Brian the Brain. We're here till midnight. Then it is Freddie and Fitz on 987 ESPN. Hey, Gordon. Larry, how we feeling? Feeling pretty good. Yeah, feeling pretty okay. good, Gordon. Feeling pretty good. We'll talk baseball in a second. Um, we'll see. I'm feeling pretty good right now. That could change. <laughs> <laughs> Subject to change, right? That could change. That could change. I mean, I was feeling pretty good early. Uh, a little frustrated a couple of minutes ago. Feeling better. Yeah. Uh, we came on at nine. You would not be so rosy. No, right yeah, I would have been no. like. <laughs> <laughs> this team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I still may be. <laughs> yeah. So oh, we'll sure. Say, still we'll that possibility. Of course. You, I'm not going to jinx you, but I don't think you have that issue tonight. Let's hope not. Let's hope I don't not. I mean, look, either. the Yankee bullpen at times has shown that no lead is safe, but it seems like they are through those those issues. So let's hopefully it's a nice little, I mean, back-to-back easy wins for the Yankees. I know. And when was the last time that happened? Uh, never. Not, not, <laughs> not, not, not this year. Not lately. Sure, <laughs> not, not this lately. Year. Nope, not at all. So we'll talk a little baseball later. We'll wait till the, the uh, games are final because, Gordon, I think the Knicks have a point guard. Well, we talked about it last night, right? Just because they didn't get one on day one. And and look, I could understand the, the Nick fans saying, wait a sec, this is what we've been waiting for, bringing mm-hmm. back our guys and only adding Evan Fournier. It seems like every other team, even though we went in with the most salary cap space, it feels like all these other teams that didn't have that much space are making much more impactful moves than we are. But then today it changed with the report from Adrian Wojnarowski. And uh, i got to be honest, it looks like a pretty – Slick move by the Knicks, one that I don't think any of us expected. You know, even when we were looking through the options of, of potential point guards, and I, I did think everybody had to think that they were going to add a point guard at some point, but mm-hmm. to get Kemba Walker on this kind of deal, this is what you're, you know, you were waiting for the Knicks front office to kind of reveal itself. This is a first, this is a really, I think, smart move by them, getting him to get the buyout from OKC, and then him coming home to New York City. Fantastic. It is, and and look, when the free agent point guards were being discussed, Gordon and Kyrie Irving was available and Kimber Walker was available, there were a number of Nick fans who really wanted Kimber Walker over Kyrie Irving because yeah. they discussed, you know, injury issues and you know, kind of the other issues that, that has followed uh, Kyrie Irving, unfortunately, where he's gone, where he sometimes is not the easiest guy to get along with. Uh, so now you have, the, you have this person here. Kimber Walker is clearly an upgrade over Alfred Payton. Uh, it's not even close scoring-wise, and it's yeah. not even close assist-wise. Uh, the question, though, is going to be his health, Gordon, because last year, let's face it, he looked awful. <laughs> he he yeah. was struggling. He yeah. really looked bad. So if we're getting a healthy Kimball Walker, uh, this really helps this Nick team because what it does, Gordon, is it allows you to keep Derrick Rose on the bench. You now can bring Derrick Rose off the bench as, as your as your point guard, or you could Kemba Walker would be off the bench, whoever it is. But you could bring one of them off the bench, and you save the the minutes. And now you also are teaching these young kids how to handle the basketball. I think it's a great move. Yeah, I, I look. I'm sure that there will be issues. You know, defense, maybe the injuries. He only played 43 games this past season, so I'm sure the knee is going to be something 
that will need monitoring and, and, and somewhat time with Tibbs. You know, he, he's going full bore the whole time, so that might be something that does pop up from time to time. But uh, this is a move I really like um, to be able – you know, we'll have to see what the, the contract terms officially are because mm-hmm. I don't think we've even seen what the contract terms officially are with the guys that they, they brought back on day one. But, uh, no, there's a lot to like here. Uh, and, and this is a guy who's a little bit older, right? Probably 30 years old now, maybe going 31, mm-hmm. um, but does have some experience around the league. And uh, considering the other names that were out there and, and some of the prices yeah. that they're, you know, we're talking about Dennis Schroeder, uh, you know, who wants $25 million a year. And, you know, it didn't seem like there were any bargains on the market. Uh, this one checks off a lot of boxes and makes you feel a lot more comfortable about. Not just the roster, I think, but also, to me, the, the front office. You know, when, the thing I wanted to see out of Leon Rose as a former agent, was he a guy who was actually going to be, you know, maybe thinking outside the box a little bit, have more information than other teams did? I think there were probably some other teams that probably wanted Kemba Walker, and the Knicks mm-hmm. were the ones that got him. Yeah, and the other thing, as you mentioned with Tibbs, because he's a veteran, and you figure Thibodeau will have some some confidence in him. They could split the forty eight minutes, Gordon. If 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 he and Rose can, if you if you could get them to give you twenty four minutes each a night, that'll save them both. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know? mean, look, he, he's gonna you know even though he'll be the starter probably um, when healthy, uh, he's gonna be someone that you're gonna have to to monitor as well after mm-hmm. that knee injury. So um, it's not somebody you can just. I, I, there are there could be downsides to this. Um, sure. That's that's possible, but mm-hmm. I, I really like the move. When I saw that, I was like, you know, trying to go through, you know, now you're talking about Kimball Walker, Fournier, Barrett, Randall, a Mitchell Robinson coming back, Obi Toppin maybe making that next jump in year mm-hmm. two, quickly improving. I mean, this is all of a sudden starting to to really the pieces are starting to fall in place for a team that. Look, they might not finish as the four seed again because that was kind of fortunate last year, but this is a team that uh, I feel like is moving in the right direction. It is, and the big plus here is what you're going to see is how the coaching staff improves these young players. You mentioned Obi Toppin. What has he, he worked on in the offseason to make him better? Uh, you know, quickly, what has he worked on? And you've got some rookies and you've got some other players on this team who are going to want playing time. And see, Gordon, that's the thing you want. You want to make guys work hard to fight to get playing time. Because, listen, they play. They understand that Thibodeau is not is – not, Tibbs is not exactly a guy that likes to rest a lot of folks. No. So what you want to do now is you want to, like, really, when you get that playing time, you want to force him to have to take you out. So that's the whole thing now to, to improve your game. And this is a – for me, this is, this is going to be a very interesting year for R.J. Barrett. Because I want to see where he goes from here. He took a very nice step from year one to year two. You saw him improve on the three-point shooting a little bit. You saw him improve from the free throw shooting somewhat. So now the next step is for him to give me that mid-range jumper, Gordon, and to be able to finish at the basket. That was probably the most frustrating thing in watching him last season was he would make the move to get to the basket and blow the layup. So hopefully he's gotten a little stronger. He can finish stronger. And that will also help this team, you know, win some games because it will help you keep him at the line because he's hitting the free throws. He can give you some more minutes. And the other thing that you're hoping from him is that his defense continues to improve as it did last season. Yeah, I mean, he made he made strides really kind of across the board last year. Um, so you're hope, and you know that he has the reputation as being a hard worker, and you know he's not he's he's going to be putting in the work. 
Uh, so you expect that there will be some improvement moving forward. Maybe not the jump that it was from year one to year two, but still progress in, in, in the areas that you mentioned. But, I'm, I, you know, I was just kind of thinking about with Kemba, uh, this might be the best. I mean, if he's healthy, and that's a big if, he's mm-hmm. healthy, he, this is the best point guard they've had very long time, right? 15 yeah. years probably, yeah. right? It's going to be, mean, you're talking Jackson Marbury. And Marbury yeah. was a great point guard. You know, maybe, maybe didn't, it wasn't didn't great Didn't relate to a, a, great, a great team, but yeah, no. I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, you're looking at that. And there's one thing that I'm really hoping that the the uh, arrival of Kimber Walker does. One major, major thing. And I'll share that with you next. <laughs> Augustine Damer, we call it ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Gordon, for me, the biggest move, we'll get to the phones in a second. For me, the biggest thing that this move does by bringing Kimball Walker here is I think it gives Julius Randle a point guard he can respect that he doesn't have to bring the ball up all the time now. No, and if that limits right. his touches for bringing the ball up, that's going to make him more efficient and more effective in the forecourt. Because what I need him to do right now, go down the court and get position. <laughs> we'll, we got somebody to bring the ball up, okay? We don't need you to – maybe there's some isolated plays that we might want you to be the point forward. But your point forward, your, your big-time point forward day minutes are done. Yeah, and, and look, this is another guy who can will allow the Knicks not to be, you know, their opponents to be gearing up on Randall down low. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with Fournier outside, with, with Kemba, the, his offensive abilities. I mean, even in a bad year last year, he still scored 19 a game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, he, still, he can still score when healthy. So, uh, no, this is another legitimate player uh, to add to this, this. Now, look, he might be losing a little something on the defense between Fournier and and Kemba, but I mean, take a look at what the Knicks have done. They've swapped out Alfred Payton and Reggie Bullock, and they've brought in Evan Fournier, and now they've brought in Kemba Walker. I, I, I can't imagine that there's any Knicks fan that does not like this deal. I'm sure that when we go to the phones, we'll find one now that I've said that. But I, I, if I told you going into this offseason, you'd be adding Evan Fournier and Kemba Walker to your backcourt and not losing, any, not losing anything that you wanted to keep. Mm-hmm. That's I don't know. I, again, it's not the giant leap forward with the mega superstar that you know Damian Lillard or or Kawhi Leonard, but it's it's putting things together and and building things and working on yourself at the right time and remaining flexible so that if that next superstar does become available, the Knicks can still jump. But it does improve the team, a team that won forty one games and was the fourth seed in the East last year. And what it also does, Gordon, is it sends a message around the league that there's some front office people who kind of know what they're doing. Yes. And and they're trying to build this team going forward, and it's about incremental steps. So now you've improved your team to the point that you – yeah, you can – your defense is still the hallmark. It's still your identity, clearly. But now you can afford to, you know, relax your defense a little bit, Gordon, and score some points. Yeah. Right, because it takes pressure off your defense. Now, listen, I mean, you know, we, we know Tibbs is still going to be a, a, a maniac when it comes to defense. 
But still, you have to be able to score in this league. And, and you know, they were fortunate that they got hot. This was a brutal three-point shooting team first half of the season last year. Brutal. Yeah, no no question. I mean, remember when they started hitting threes and we were like, how are the Knicks hitting? You know, <laughs> they're going to shoot like this from three. And, and uh, you know, it was nice and all. But we all knew going into this offseason they had to upgrade the talent, upgrade the offensive talent. And they've certainly done that. And, as you said, might not be done, right? I mean, it seems like – these guys are operating all the things that you can operate to kind of keep your flexibility, keep your options open, and, and, and keep that salary cap space so they can go out. And if something presents itself, they can go out and still improve the team even more. So, no, this is uh, – for, for the first day of free agency and maybe having some little qualms about, you know, this is all there is, this is it. Uh, mm-hmm. When you heard the news today about Kemba Walker, it was the – it was almost like the Anthony Rizzo move for the for the Yankees, you yeah. know? It was like that mm-hmm. unexpected move that came out of nowhere, and, and it's hard not to get excited about it. Absolutely. Let's go to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. My fellow CCNY alum, Spike, is batting leadoff on 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Spike? This is outstanding news, and I'm as happy for Rice High School and when my adopted son-in-law, Buddha, calls, waiting to hear how he feels. Because this, this youngster came out of the projects, and uh, he's a fine young man, as you'll find. He'll help in the locker room. And, yeah, we traded a little uh, defense for offense. So what? This guy will handle the ball. You know, I'm hitting for the cycle today, I told Jake. I mean, I just – you know, Larry, I've been in touch. I, I had to talk to everybody today. I was fortunate <laughs> enough to get on, Michael. And I predicted this yesterday. No, the move was coming. Listen. Listen, Leon did something with Sam Preston. There's a payback coming down the road because mm-hmm. they just didn't eat that $72 million. <laughs> Something's yeah. under, the, under the covers here, but who, who cares? Fournier can shoot the three. He's a horrible defender. We know that, but who cares? He could. He's a three-point maker. Don't be surprised if we get another one tomorrow. Don't be surprised. Uh, Kemba, and here's the deal. You could get. 48, I talked to Bill about it, back and forth. He, get four, he says he got a bum knee. Well, we know his knee's not great, Kemba. But we can get 48 to 52 minutes between as point guard between a starting Kemba Walker and Derrick Rose, who's so effective for 25 minutes. We know that. Mm-hmm. He can play with quickly, bring him along. He'll spread the floor. They can't drop off and double and triple Randall. handle the ball less. And listen, you get Mitchell Robinson back, and you got Nerlens Nose. I think they spent that money beautifully because uh, I would have got Burks instead of Bullock. Bullock was too streaky for me, mm-hmm. and uh, it's just a great move. And I'm happy for the Knicks. And I don't know how many games they'll win. They may drop a, a seed or two, but it doesn't really matter. They're establishing, coming to New York. They're bringing the youngster home. That's and he played well in the Garden. Man, you guys watched those games when he was at UConn. My God, was he great in that backcourt. So I'm thrilled. I couldn't be more thrilled. And uh, however they did it, they did it the right way. They can't, Gordon, they can't be an unhappy Knicks fan. They can't be. If, if they are, they're I not find, Yeah, they I find it hard. Well, look, if, if you're unhappy with this, then I, I feel bad for them because they're going to be unhappy a lot. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> this, is, this, this is the good times, right? I mean, these are the good days. Uh, there's yeah, been a whole lot worse days than this. Yeah, last thing, Larry, you and I have been talking for how many years, and Gordon, about the backcourt. Mm-hmm. We talked when Stoudemire and, and Tyson Chandler and Carmelo, they had 82% of their cap money in the front court. Yeah. Where's the cards? 
I mean, yeah. look, our alpha pen's a nice young man. He can't shoot. He missed more bunnies than peeps, you know? And uh, and the other kid, who was the other guard? I can't, can't remember anymore. Both, both played. He hung around Julius Randle. When mm-hmm. they doubled Randle, he got the ball. He played well. He played defense pretty good, but Burks is a smoother player. Yep. And we're going to get one more shooter. I feel it's coming tomorrow, a maker. Another 40% maker. Kemba's... He just penetrates and dishes and gets to the basket and he gets to the free throw line. How much he can play? Tim's got to use his brains here, boys, and we know he's smarter than we are in basketball. Mm-hmm. And all us Beavers of CCNY are real happy tonight. So, boys, enjoy it. And, uh, and Gordon, we got a Yankee game. Is the Met game still 3 3? No, 5 3. No, 5 3, last I saw. Mets. 5 3 Mets. Oh, Mets are winning? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Never a doubt. Three throws. <laughs> okay, all right, so maybe everybody will win today. Have a great uh, program and send my best to uh, Buddha. All right, Spike, we will, we will do that. Uh, you know, it's interesting, Gordon. Another, another shot maker would really, especially another shot maker to come off the bench. Yeah, oh, yeah. Would really, really elevate this team to, okay, may, maybe not the fourth seed, but what it does, Gordon, is it makes them better going into the postseason. You know what I'm saying? It gives you the opportunity now that, okay, we gotta we gotta come up with some other options. We can't just lock down Julius Randle and make sure he's the, he's not gonna beat us. And then we've got them. We've got to do some more thinking here. And I think what it's also gonna do is clearly uh it's gonna be a lot of more it's gonna be a lot more pressure on Nerlens Noel and Mitchell Robinson to protect that rim. Because yeah. you do have some guys who are not as not as great defensively, and guys may get past them, and so this is where you know you added depth with Robinson and Noel, and of course you brought Taz Gibson back too. Yeah, I mean, and, and you're talking about keeping Kemba healthy, you got to keep Mitchell Robinson healthy. I mean, yeah. he's not that? been a guy who's been uh, you know Mr. Iron Man, so this is a big year coming up for him. You know, the the one angle of this that, and I get why it is, um, but the one angle of this this move that I completely do not care about is the fact that Kimball Walker is from New York. Uh, mm-hmm. I get that it's a big story because he's coming home again. He's a local kid. Mm-hmm. I, I remember when Marbury came home. I remember the hoopla with Mello with the video, I'm coming home, I'm coming mm-hmm. home. I, I, don't ca- I don't care if this guy's from the moon. If he plays, great. That's all I care about. I don't, need, <laughs> I don't care about the New York point guard. Just give me a point guard that can go out there and play like Kimball Walker can when he's healthy. So hopefully he's going to be healthy. Hopefully he stays healthy. And, and look, hopefully the Knicks can add something else. It seems like, you know, it, it seems like this group is, is, is working the margins in a way that a smart, a smart front office would, right? Looking mm-hmm. for every advantage they can. When you first heard the contracts, you're like, wow, those are, those are pretty sizable contracts. And you find out maybe they're not a fully guaranteed. Maybe they're using the, the early bird rights with, um, with, Rose. His, with Rose. So, mm-hmm. Uh, and then this one, you know, it's not even a trade. It's just a straight signing for about $8 million a year. At least that's the numbers I've seen so far. That's an absolute steal. So uh, this front office, this was a big offseason for them. I talked about how the regular season was Tibbs showing his thing, and now it was time for Leon Rose to show his, and Leon Rose has done a good job. He has. He has so far. And, you know, let's see what else he comes up with. And then the next thing, Gordon, is let's see how these draft choices turn out because that's the that's your – you know, foundation. That's where you build. That's where if these guys also get better, uh, you know, not that you want to just automatically send them away in a trade, but no. it does help you. All right. Yep. It, it does. If they do, 
But you really want to keep your, your young players. You want to build. That's your nucleus, right? That's your foundation. That's what you want to have, and you bring veterans in to help them to help your young players develop. And then when they get to be veterans, Gordon, it's a cycle, and that's how you have sustainable success on your team. Building, right? You're building something, right? And that's mm-hmm. part of the building process is actually drafting players that, I mean, look, they might not be superstars. They're certainly not going to be superstars right away. But you're hoping that they can become valuable pieces. I mean, the Knicks got a lot of draft picks here the next few years. I, I would not expect that they're going to use all of them. They're probably going to trade some away in, in a deal at some point. But, um, you know, the Knicks, for all the problems that they had over the last 20 years, one of those big reasons why was they were so bad in the draft. So when you mm-hmm. find somebody like Emmanuel quickly last year, it opens your eyes about this new regime, and you're hoping that maybe – you know, I don't know that, that you can get the same level of production out of these guys that you got out of quickly because he was very good last year, especially right away. But, um, yeah, I mean, you're hoping to be building something, and, and, and you want to be able to use all the avenues that you have at your disposal, and one of those would be the draft. It would not be hard to upgrade from previous regimes in terms of hitting on draft picks for the Knicks. No, it wouldn't. It really wouldn't. You notice uh, nobody mentioning Frank Nilakina anymore. Yeah, that's that's – that's not a surprise. <laughs> Do you think he'll, you know, I asked this Acanti the other day on DCR, and he is really one of the more polarizing players for Nick fans. Either mm-hmm. people think, you know, he's being robbed of, a, of an opportunity. You got to get him in there. He's obviously going to be great if you just give him a chance. And then there's the other group who's like, come on, it's a busted pick. It's not, it, it didn't, it never worked out. It was doomed to fail because it was, you know, uh, Phil Jackson picked him because he could run the triangle, then Phil's out. Do you think he will ever be, you know, I'm not saying a star, but like a, a bench piece that is a valuable piece to a team? If he was able to, and, and he, see, here's the thing, because Tibbs didn't play him. No. So it's but hard why to was say, that? you know, and, and it's hard to, so I would normally say is defensively, I think he's adequate. I think he could be on, on the team, give you, what, 15 10, 15 minutes a game defensively, but his issue is he doesn't give you anything scoring-wise. So can I afford to – is he that great a defender where I can go four on five because he's no. not going to score for me? No. And he's, and not. he's not. And and even if Tibbs had given him more time and he showed something defensively, then I might bring him on to my squad, Gordon. So, okay, look, here's my shooting guy. I want you to eat, sleep, and drink with the shooting guy. Okay, and you just put up a thousand jump shots a day. You know the stories, fifteen hundred free throws and all the other stuff. Work, 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 work. And then if I could get some points out of him along with his defense, possibly. It, I'm sure somebody will take a, a flyer on him. Uh, somebody will look mm-hmm. at him. Yeah. Uh, but but for him to have a success, a long NBA career, he's got to work on his scoring and improve his defense. Yeah, I think he that, can't that be such be a uh, – to me, he just can't be such a zero on offense. No, he, he, can't, he can't be playing four on five like you, like you were with doing with him. So, But, I, I I mean, I will be interested to see because I, I can't get over just what a polar – for a guy who was not really playing all that much, uh, he was a very polar – and usually a busted pick like that, everybody just hates him, right? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah. usually it's like, oh, this guy – you know, the whole fan base usually just despises him. That was not the case with Frank. He had no. his defenders. Now, it might not have been 50-50, but mm-hmm. he certainly had his, his group that, that believes that he is some untapped potential that the Knicks never were able to get to. More than you would think. <laughs> more than you would think, right. Absolutely. And to be honest, more than he deserved. <laughs> Pro- <laughs> probably. Probably. <laughs> 
Miami and New York tonight on 987 ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Talking about Kimber Walker coming to the Knicks. A couple of minutes, we'll turn our attention to baseball. Yankees with a big win over Baltimore, 10-3. Mets holding on to a 5-3 lead over Miami as they bat, as the Mets bat in the top of the ninth. Back to the phones we go, Gordon. Let's chat with um, Roy in Patterson. He's next on 987 ESPN. Hey, um, good evening, guys. Um, I was just wondering um, two different things. I was listening to you, and and I heard about Spike with um, sounds like some surprise things that might come about. I wanted to see if you guys can, can, can elaborate on that. And also, have is the $56 million or whatever it is, is that totally tapped out now? I'll uh, just uh, listen to you guys in your comments, and thank you very much for your time. I appreciate it. Hi, Roy. Thanks for calling. Gordon, I would say so. <laughs> I well, think, I don't know. You know, they I have so many different theory. loopholes, though, mm-hmm. that they can, you know, maybe part of the, you know, the fact that the, the, the early contracts, that it doesn't seem like it was all guaranteed money. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I'm kind of hoping for from Leon Rose, a guy who knows the system backwards and forwards, and it seems like the Knicks have, have stockpiled a lot of smart people within their front office. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the criticisms that I had of the previous regime was it was almost like they made it out like they knew a lot more than what they actually did, right? They, they're thinking they're getting this guy and that guy, and the, this guy and that guy didn't even talk to the Knicks. So... Uh, this front office seems like they do know what they're doing, so you would think that they would be kind of capped out. But listening to the various people that follow this stuff and know a lot more about the cap, per se, that, than I do, it doesn't seem like they are. So it's, I think it is possible that they can go out and, and figure out a way to maneuver the money in such a way that if there's someone out there that they still want, they might be able to go out and get them. I agree with you. I think um, in theory, if you just look at the numbers, like you're saying, Gordon, yeah, they're tapped out. Right. But there's, once again, some of the, the three years of the guys they brought back not guaranteed. Uh, Fournier, I believe his money is guaranteed, yeah. but his fourth year is a team option. Right. So that means he's, he doesn't necessarily have to be here the fourth year. Um, and the other thing is they still have mid-level exemptions, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. where you can get the minimum to sign yeah. a couple of players, so you still have that money to go. And with because of uh, Derrick Rose using his bird rights, as you alluded to, that means that you can go over the cap and sign him, and his money doesn't count towards it. Right. And you and, and it's, it's the way that they bring the, the contracts in in terms of, all right, we've signed these guys, and we'll, you, you, we know we're going to sign Rose, but we're not going to sign him you know, officially yet, and then they can go over the cap that way. So... Yeah, with the, the NBA cap, you know, I guess any cap, there's a lot of different mechanisms that you can use to kind of find money and, and shift money around. So I don't think it's necessarily a guarantee that they'll go out and do something else, but I think that if there's someone out there that they like, they can find the way to, to, to maneuver that money around. I agree. Michael's in Jersey City. You're next on 987 ESPN. Michael. Hey, how's it going? What's up, Mike? Hey, how's everything, guys? Um, so I want to talk a little bit about Knicks. So I don't know why, you know, no one's really excited about the Kemba Walker, you know, signing. Like, I'm I'm actually kind of happy. Like, we're actually going to get, like, a good, you know, decent point guard. Other than Derrick Rose, because, you know, he could be good at the, you know, uh, uh, you know, on the second team and whatnot. Um, and, as, and as long as, as, you know, with Frank and Kevin Knox, I'm really shocked that we let go of Frank 
but we still haven't knocked, you know, he might still stay in the summer league. Why why couldn't we keep playing? I I don't understand that. And on top and one more thing guys, um, you know, I wanna talk real quick football, uh real real quick with the Giants. If if Danny if Dan if Daniel Jones doesn't do really well with this with the team that he has now, you think after this season you're gonna they're gonna have to call Aaron Rodgers? Uh, they they might have to. <laughs> Thank you guys, I appreciate it. Mike, they're going to be calling somebody. Thanks for the yeah. phone call because you'll be going into the fourth year with him and you have to make a decision. And, uh, you know, then that means the fourth year is going to be end-all, be-all. And, and what it would say to me, Gordon, is you might have to start looking to draft a quarterback if you're the Giants. If he, if he falls flat on his face, okay, then you're going to have to make some moves and do something else. If he's just not taking the next step, then, Gordon, you're going to have to think about if you're the Giants, you have to consider drafting a quarterback. To me, the giant question, it's not about Daniel Jones. For me, first, it's all about Gettleman, right? Like, is, where, where is Gettleman? If Gettleman's back, if the Giants are good enough, and you'd have to assume that Jones is going to show you some level of improvement. He threw 11 yes. touchdowns last year. Mm-hmm. So any level of it, I mean, if, he, if he's just a kind of a functioning, like, middle of the road, like, even if he's, like, uh, the 20th best quarterback, he's going to perform better than that. I don't know really that that's a great improvement, but it's an improvement. But to me, the question is, is Gettleman back? Because if he's back, I think Jones, they'll find some justification to say, well, you know what? This thing, he's improving in the areas. We, we really like him. We like his personality. And they'll find a way to keep him. Now, if Jones stinks and the Giants stink, I don't think there's any way Gettleman's back. And then you're opening it up to, yeah, I mean, you got the two first-round picks next year. Seems like it's pretty quarterback-heavy draft. I think that there is the possibility. But that's not – you know, Giants generally are a pretty loyal organization. They are. And to cut they bait are. on a guy who was the sixth pick in the draft – now, again, if he's terrible, that, that might be the case. But to, if he's just kind of middle of the road, I don't know, man. I don't think it's that cut and dry. Well, here's what makes it interesting is that – Gellerman drafted him, but he Judge has no loyalty to him. So no. the question becomes, how much pull does Judge have with ownership? Does he say, you know what, listen, um, this is what I'm looking for in my quarterback. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I need to see something. I saw something. I saw this, but I need to see this, 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 and this. I think we need to draft a quarterback to bring to bring a quarterback in here so that he understands we need him to take that next level in year four. And then otherwise, he's not coming back in five. Yeah, I, I think that people are making the comparison to the Jets because of the Darnold thing. But yes. like, if the Jets had the sixth pick, do you think that they draft a quarterback? Do you think Sam Darnold's still here? Uh, I think he's still here. Right. If they had the fifth pick or the fourth pick, I think that there's a possibility Sam st- is still here. So, uh, you know, the fact that the Jets had the second pick and Sam was as bad as he was and the team, it just need, everybody needed a fresh start. I don't expect the Giants are going to be the second worst team in football. I don't either. So I think that the, the, the fallback option will be when you have a quarterback that you still kind of, you know, you can kind of still fool yourself into believing is good enough, you will give your, yourself that out. And I, I know because of the two first-round picks that people think that, well, the Giants are going to go out if Daniel Jones is not great. I don't know that it's that cut and dry. I really don't. Yeah, I, I don't either. Um, I and think I don't know what he's talking about in terms of uh, Nick fans not being excited about Kemba Walker. All I've heard today is Nick fans <laughs> being excited. It's, it's true. They have been. And I think the other deal with Knox and Nilakina is that Knox has another year on his deal. 
Okay, so Nilakina, they had to they had to make a decision where they were going to offer him, you know, an extension and stuff like that. And they're just like, no, we're not doing no. it at this point. <laughs> okay, they were desperate for point guard play when Alfred Payton was melting down last year. Yep, they were desperate for anyone to play point, and Frank didn't play. No, so all. what does that tell you? They don't they don't believe in him. You're right. And I have to say, I can understand why. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you. You can get an idea about yeah, it. There's no question yeah. about it. You can get an idea. 1-800-919-3776. When we return, more of your phone calls. Plus, Frank Isola, who's covered the Knicks forever, now working on Yes and, and has his own show on Sirius Satellite Radio, was on the Michael K Show. He'd give you his thoughts about the Knicks getting Kimball Walker. Also, Max Kellerman. You know that Nick guy? The, 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 oh, don't the, let the, him. The don't Nick let guy? that snake anywhere near the Knicks bandwagon. Don't let him anywhere near it. He has his thoughts when he found out that Kimball Walker's coming to the Knicks. That's next on 98.7 ESPN. It's ESPN New York tonight on 98.7 ESPN. 1-800-919-3776. Gordon Damer and I chatting with you about Kimball Walker and coming to the Knicks. And Gordon Frank Isola on the Michael K Show today. And here's what... Frank said about Walker and the Knicks being married. It just shows you how difficult it is in today's NBA sometimes to upgrade your roster because the idea of getting these free agents, and Giannis was the guy that the pie in the sky uh, a year ago and ended up resigning with the Milwaukee Bucks. So it's hard to get these guys and they don't become available very often. I thought the Knicks probably missed an opportunity with another Celtic last year, Gordon Hayward. My only thing with Kemba Walker is for Boston this year, he only played 43 of 72 games. And they were holding him out on second out of back-to-back, things like that, to keep him ready for the playoffs. And then the playoffs rolled around. He ended up missing, I think, what was it, the last two games against Boston. He's a very good offensive player. I agree with what you guys said, too, with him, Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quickly. I think that's a good combination for the Knicks. They got better. And that's the bottom line. They got better. Yep. Listen, Gordon, we, we, we know about the injury issues, and, and that's going to be what makes this deal a good deal or a bad deal. And – I'm curious, once the salary comes out and the structure, will there be, you know, a clause in there, kind of a protection clause for them if he can't contribute? You know, is it gonna is well well is it a one year deal? Is it a two year deal? You know, Gordon, how many years is this? And because it was a buyout there. So, you know, you're really starting fresh with your own contract. Yeah, and maybe the fact that he is coming home does impact what he's willing to take here as opposed to someplace else. So, um yeah, I mean, look, the devil's going to be in the details. Um, the the change that I had in my own mind going from day one of free agency and seeing some of the prices and then finding out that maybe not all the money is guaranteed and, you know, it makes you feel a little bit better. But uh, there's no question. Nobody can argue whether or not the Knicks have gotten better uh, through the moves that they've made. They brought back the core of the guys that they wanted to bring back. They have not lost anything that they wanted to keep. And they have now added two pieces who are going to be far better than the guys that they that, that they were replacing. Uh, I don't even think it's even close. By the way, Mets win five three. Needed Max that Kellerman one. needed oh, that huge one. needed that one. Max Kellerman on first take, reacting to Kimba coming to the Knicks. 
It's a nice fit. First of all, he's a very good player. He's like a mini Kyrie Irving, but a good locker room guy, a leader, all that stuff. He's undersized, so there are defensive issues and all that. But there's a bigger issue here. For all the hype about the Knicks, they're now locked in long-term to a team whose ceiling is the second round. We know they're not getting to a conference finals with this team. It's like a typical Tibbs team so far. But it'd be one thing if they had flexibility going forward. But they're locked in long-term. We saw in the playoffs, Julius Randle is at best. A th- really a third best option on a championship caliber team. Maybe a second best option on a championship contender. He's not a first option. So Kemba's a nice fit, but it's indicative of the fact the Knicks have once again stalled in this latest kind of reboot where people are getting enthusiastic about it. They're once again in a position where they're unlikely to really break through and contend for a title based on the commitments they have to the players. Gordon? Yeah. <laughs> I mean... Did you not know that that was coming? Uh, I I just wanted to see how it was going to be framed. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. <laughs> this is a team that two years ago won 21 games. 21. Last year, won 41. To think that they're not going from that to a championship-level team... And, and that, that's the knockout. I mean, you have to build, you know, you have to build things up as you go. So, and I completely disagree with this idea that they're now locked in long-term. None of these guys got long-term deals. They got nope. three-year deals. That's right. And we don't even know what the terms of the, the money is. It does seem like it's far more flexible. It's not, they're, they're clearly not all guaranteed deals uh, in terms of the money. So, mm-hmm. We got to see what that is as well. But this idea that they're locked in to a, a team that has a low ceiling and, and well, I mean, the, look at where they're coming from. You, you, the Nets rebuild is a far greater, um, um, uh, you know, outlier than 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 any other team. That it's, it's not ha- it doesn't happen very often that you win, you know, half your games and then two of the best five players say we're going to come and play for you and take over your organization. And, and it's not like they've done a whole lot of winning. You know, they don't have any championships year th- through year two. So, you know, you're going to have to build this up as you go. You cannot debate, and it's interesting that he didn't try to, that the, this team won 41 games last year, and the moves that they've made this, this offseason have made them better. Mm-hmm. That's not debatable. Nope, it isn't. And you, you handled it well, Gordon. That's why I sent you up to uh, defend the case Yeah, uh, I mean, for the Knicks. Look, Nick, Max is a verified Nick hater. No matter mm-hmm. what the Knicks do, he will Verified have Knicks hater. Absolutely. He was might be the first. He might have been the inaugural uh, <laughs> verified Knicks hater. I mean, that's mm-hmm. how strong his case is. So, um, look, he was a Knicks fan. He he fell out of love and uh, it got hurt and he's not he's been holding it against his ex bitter. ever since. Bitter divorce. Bitter. Oh my God, bitter. <laughs> bitter divorce. I guess bitter. he he came away with nothing. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Very bitter man. Richard's in Manhattan. Hey, Richard, you're next on ninety-eight seven. Hey, Larry Gordon. Uh, you know, isn't this uh, symmetrical? First, we brought Patrick Ewing from the Big East, winning the title. Mm-hmm. In college, then we brought in Carmelo mm-hmm. from the Big East, winning the title. Now Kemba, mm-hmm. so that's a pretty good matchup. I and hope, they, he, I hope, one hope it goes more like the first here. one than the second one. <laughs> yeah, he, he, uh, Kemba's more like Carmelo because they oh, came geez. in the middle of their careers. Yeah. You know, so it's it's similar to Carmelo. Uh, Larry, let me see yes. if you know this. Uh oh. Fifty years ago, 
Oh, my God. Yeah, go ahead. Exactly, though. Exactly. Mm-hmm. We brought in a kid from Rice. And he's probably the last kid we brought in from Rice to play for the Knicks. Who am I talking about? 50 years ago. Right. We got him in the draft, not in a trade. He helped us in 73 win that championship. From Rice. Did he go He's to probably Rice? the only other guard that we've ever had outside of Kemba. From Rice. He is from Rice. He is from you want to hit Larry? Go ahead. He went to Rice. <laughs> His son is on TV every day. Oh, Dean Meminger from, from, from Marquette. There you go. Okay, I wanted to say 71 after he, he finished Marquette. Rice. I forgot he went to Rice. Sure, came in the draft. I think he was our first-round draft choice in 71. Yeah. Great defensive guy. He went to Rice. Great defensive guy. Sure, sure. I guess this is our first New York. You know, and what's nice about Kemba, listen, I don't know whether he's going to be successful. I hope so. But it brings us back to the old memories. The last New York kid we had was probably Stefan, right? Stefan Mm -hmm. Marbury. Yep. Isn't that ridiculous? Was that almost 18, 20 years ago, Larry? Yeah, absolutely. Isn't that ridiculous that a New York kid from New York City playing New York basketball finally comes to the Knicks? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's it's unbelievable. As, that's as crazy as St. John's being irrelevant all these years. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, really. You know, Larry, it's unbelievable. Uh, uh, although, you know, the Knicks, even under Holtzman, we never really drift out. And, uh, of course, well, we took uh, Dean, but we didn't really draft New York kids in those mm-hmm. days either. No. New York kids, no. You know, we we you know, it was another guy that played in the Big East, that almost led the Big East, that won a Big East uh, champion, uh, that almost won an NCAA tournament from Syracuse. He's on TV now a lot. John John Wallace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John right? Wallace. Stayed four years. Parallel. Stayed four yeah. years back yeah. then. Yeah. But, well, <laughs> All right, Richard, thanks for the phone yeah, okay, call. Okay, fellas. 1-800-919-3776. Omar is in Brooklyn. Oh, my God. This is like three times in a week. He's come next on, on 987. Come on, guys. I'm oh, just boy, coming to this stomach. You've got to be excited. Danny's barking with a single, single Nick fan. That is not a This is coming from nowhere. Nobody expected it. It happened. These things never happened with the Knicks. Never happened with the Knicks. That you get a player that is, uh, you get it for nobody. Uh, I understand injury problems, okay? He's a big-time player at Madison Square Garden. I was not a big fan of him, but he is a player. And at this time, when you are last three or four minutes remaining, don't tell me that Danny Rose, Walker, Fronier, and Julius Randle on the floor, and Barrett sometimes, that you cannot make a basket. This is a gone collusion that you cannot run offense and you cannot make a basket. Knicks has players to make basket at this time. They make Listen, they, he has to be healthy. I have to calm down. They, anything can happen. But let me tell you, they became better. They became elite. Let's go Philadelphia. Let's go Milwaukee. Let's wow, go. Let's, let's, we are coming. We are young. We are let's, energetic. Let's we have passion. We are coming. We are coming, guys. Wow. We are coming. I mean, they're on, the, they're on the rise. I'll give you that. They're on the rise. I don't know if you want to be calling out the top three teams of the East. I don't know that they've closed the gap that much. Now, they've improved. They've gotten better. They might still have something else up their sleeve, which is saying something for a basketball team because basketball players don't wear sleeves. But still, 
I don't know that the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Nets are all that concerned just yet. I I heard Omar say something I have never heard him say in all the years he has called this station. In that in that call, did you hear it, Gordon? No, I don't. I don't think I did. I heard he it. Said, I just don't know what it is. He said, "I have to calm myself down." Yeah, well, that is true. <laughs> yeah, that does not generally happen. And then he ramped himself back up again and called out Milwaukee Philly. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't last long. He he gets on the bandwagon, you know. He, uh, he those those promises don't last very long. You know what, Gordon? But I got to tell you something. I'm intrigued with what the Wizards have done. This is intriguing with what the, what they've added. You know, in the trade once yeah. again for for Westbrook, mm-hmm. and now they they they, they end up with. Um, you know the net, the, the former net Spencer guard. Dinwiddie. Yep. Yeah, they end up with him now. Uh, they're trying to make them, and they, and of course they still have Bradley Beal, so they're trying to, you know, they're trying to make a move here uh, to see if they can do something, because Bradley Beal's a free agent next year, and they want to see if they can make him stay. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's, that's going to be very difficult. I mean, I mean the 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 uh, the move for Westbrook was. You know, they moved off wall. That was that didn't that wasn't working. Going Mm-mm. to Westbrook, that didn't work. They got a lot of work to do. Um, they do. They know, do. Uh, and and I I'm hoping for the Knicks that they don't do it because uh, yeah, I want course. as many of those big names available uh, out that, that once next year's off season comes around. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing where, where Max is saying, "Oh, the Knicks have now locked themselves," but they haven't. They can move whatever they need to move for next off season so that. Um, that if they want, you know, there's a target and they know ahead of time that this guy will come here if we put the right offer in place, that they'll be able to do that. So that they have not taken themselves out of anything for next offseason by the moves that they've made this offseason. They have not. They've, they've done a nice job managing the money. And once again, you've got at least a couple of guys, Gordon, that you could trade that teams, may, that a disgruntled Absolutely. player that might be interested. You could trade a Kemba Walker. You could trade a Fournier. You could trade a Nerlens Noel if you had to. You could trade, and you've got draft choices. Mm-hmm. So you have packages now that are more, you know, enticing for, you know, uh, uh, another team to be able to, you know, make a deal with you. And you know what the funny thing is? I, I'm sure you remember, but maybe the listeners don't. Max used to work. He used to do 10 to 1. And yes. back in the day, I used to be on his show as, you know, like the update guy. Mm-hmm. And we would go back and forth. He loved the moves that Isaiah was making. Eddie Curry is going to be a stud. Mm-hmm. You don't understand. I said he has capped out the team forever. They're, they're not a good team. They've never been a good team. They're, they're, not, they're not going anywhere. No, no, you don't understand. Uh, Isaiah, he he's got it working. He's he's going after real studs here. He's bringing in talent. He's acquiring assets, and he's going to build up those assets. And now, what he's accusing the Knicks of doing of capping <laughs> themselves out is what they did back then. Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing. This is ESPN New York tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer. Hour number two, Wednesday night edition of the show. Thanks for stopping by at 1-800-919-3776. Also via Twitter at Hardesty ESPN, at Gordon Damer, at ESPN NY 98 underscore 7 FM. We'll continue to talk about the Knicks and Kemba Walker. We want to bring in some baseball news. And Gordon, you know that the Yankees made a move after the game tonight. 
Yeah, well, was it the Greg Allen move? Yes, he is going yeah. back to AAA Scranton Wilkes Bar. Yeah, I, I don't understand it. Oh, yes, you do. Brett Gardner I, is the center fielder. I, I don't. I, I mean, what, I mean, what more do you need to see? Uh, I'm not even saying that Greg Allen has to be like a platoon, but I mean, you know, the kid that they traded away. Um, was it the Pirates, the kid Park, who was having this unbelievable mm-hmm. season? Yep. Uh, and, you know, the, obviously the Yankees didn't really view him as a prospect per se, even though he was in the minors. He was having this unbelievable year, and obviously they didn't think that that was really sustainable long term. Mm-hmm. Playing for the Pirates, that kid already has more extra base hits this year. Now, he just got to the Pirates than mm-hmm. Tyler Wade has all year. Oh. Tyler Wade has two extra base hits the entire season. Yeah. Uh, what did Girardi say? It's not what you want. It's not what you want. <laughs> Brett Gardner on the year. I mean, and and look, I, I hate to, you know, a lot of Yankee fans that love Brett Gardner. He's been here a long time. He he deserves, you know, a good send off and everything else. But he's he's been brutal. He's been absolutely brutal. I like Sitting one ninety seven. Gordon wants him in retirement. He deserves a nice <laughs> I mean, he wasn't supposed to be the everyday center fielder. Anybody can see that he's not the everyday. And now, look, I'm not saying that he's the issue with the team or it's great that they scored 10 runs tonight and, and, and it's, you know, Brett Gardner, you just want him to go out there and catch the ball. But, I mean, you're going to throw him out there every single day? Just doesn't Brett make Gardner. any sense to me. We love him. They love him. That other kid, the kid that they just brought up, the kid Davis, the speedster, mm-hmm. I mean, he apparently can't really hit at all. So I don't know exactly um, what they're expecting there. I don't know, Gordon. I just yeah. know that, uh, you know, yeah, Greg Allen, I mean, see ya. He'll be back. He'll be back in about a month. It's very frustrating. I know it is. You would like to, I mean,. You'd like to think that he could get a, a serious look. I mean, it's not like the bar is that high to clear. And it's not like he didn't do anything, right? Like, like remember mm-hmm. when Gittens came up and for, like, the first, like, 10 games, he, he never got a hit? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. If, if, if Greg Allen had come out and, and not gotten a hit or not done anything at all or not shown you anything at all, that would be one thing. But, you know, mm-hmm. the kid had some hits. He's got some speed. He's got some skills. You'd like to mm-hmm. think that you could maybe get a little bit of a chance because, again – 38-year-old Brett Gardner playing every day in center field is not ideal, but apparently it's not, not what you want, no. but it's, so they found some number somewhere that justifies him playing every day. Uh, 197? Was that the uh, number? Uh, that's, it's, not, it's not the numbers they put in the paper, I can tell you that. Uh, three off, maybe 305 slugging. <laughs> it's, not, it's not any of the numbers that you see in the paper. And, and I don't even think it's any of the numbers that are the, the, the normal analytical numbers, you know, like exit velo or, or contact rate or anything like that, because those numbers stink too. But yeah. what do I know? All right, listen, since we're talking about the Yankees, let's go. Uh, back-to-back big, big run-scoring games for this team. Uh, I understand that as a Yankee fan, you're not going to get excited because it is the Orioles and their pitching has been bad. But I will say this. Matt Harvey had been rolling. Yep. over the past couple of outings and you were able to wear him down it was kind of like it, it was kind of like watching the old Yankees Gordon you know what I mean where yep. you you wore him down you got his pitch count up and then when he got to the fourth or fifth inning you started to tee off on him a little bit and then you got into their bullpen which is not that great and what you're seeing here is and I'm looking at it from the outside just watching the game it's just and obviously it could be the pitching 
but it's just it's what Rizzo is doing is is kind of wearing off on the rest of the team. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where he's a contact guy that just he fouls off the bad pitches and he puts the ball in play. No, he's not going to get hit all the time, but he's not striking out. You know what I'm saying? He's putting the ball in play, and you're starting to see that. I mean, Glaber Torres looks like he's changed his whole his, his whole stance when there's runners in scoring position. A Stanton is starting to hit. I mean, we talk about Exavilo. His 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 bases clearing double probably went probably what twenty miles an hour. Yeah, <laughs> just dropped in. Yeah. Uh, so so you're starting to see this team make contact, and once again, I get it. It's Baltimore, but still, there were games against Baltimore where they didn't hit either. Would it like we were talking last night after they scored all the runs that they did? Go with the over today, right? Because uh, Go with the under today because, mm-hmm. you know, there's been more than enough times where the Yankees have not been able to follow up a big performance with another even mediocre performance the next day. And early on, uh, I think what was the – they get their first hit, the fourth inning or something like that, yeah. and, and mm-hmm. the Orioles come out and score two in the first inning. And i got to be honest, uh, sitting, on t- sitting on the couch watching the TV, I'm thinking to myself, here we go again. <laughs> here yeah, we go again. Sure. But, no, look, they did – they were able to get to Harvey eventually – they did come up with some big hits. Sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Thank God for the Orioles. The Yankees can, uh, you know, maybe get a few wins here because you need it. Tomorrow you got a chance to, to get to 10 games over 500. So uh, I like what I've seen from LeMayhew here lately maybe. I mean, those are the – LeMayhew and Glaber are the two guys that are the big differences from where this team had been a couple of years ago. Those mm-hmm. two guys were super productive players – this year, Glaber has been a disaster, and, and LeMayhew has just kind of been an average player who's grounded into a ton of double plays. So hopefully those two guys can maybe start to get going. I like what I saw from LeMayhew tonight. Torres had a double. Um, so, you know, some guys are starting, and that's one thing that the Yankees have not been able to do this year, get a bunch of guys going all at the same time. It's either it's Judge at one point, it's Stanton at one point, it's Gary at some point, maybe now. Again, it is the Orioles, and thank God for Baltimore. But maybe this is a sign that the offense is, is finally going to get going and guys are finally going to course correct from, from where they've been over the first, what, 105 games of the season. And really, during this 13 games that you have against teams that you should be able to win some games with, you're on track. You swept Miami. You took the series from Baltimore. Now you've got a Mariners team coming in uh, for the weekend starting tomorrow night. They're seven games over 500. they They've played well, considering. They've been kind of a surprise to a lot of folks. Uh, so now we'll see. Once again, for me, it's about, okay, can you sustain this for more than, a, you know, a deep breath? <laughs> can you right. put this together for, can you give me a three-week stretch? Going, can you play like this going into September? where you're, And I'm, I don't expect you to have 10 three games, but I expect that your, your offense is, 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 you know, is, is doing better. It's, it's maximizing their, their, their positioning as far as hitting with runners in scoring position and getting runs in. I know the starting pitch is going to be a flux. You don't have Garrett Cole. You don't have Jordan Montgomery, but you're finding ways to win with, with other pitchers. And so this is what I want to see. If, if these guys can, can keep that up, then, you know, at the end of, at the end of, of August going into September, Gordon, we have to look and see where we are. Are, and then maybe, you know, there will be some optimism about, hey, you know what? We really do have a shot at this at this wild card situation. Yeah, I mean, I do think that the, the Rizzo addition has added some life to this team. Gallo has not really done much so far. Did have a great long at bat tonight. But um, 
and worked out a walk, and he, he will walk quite a bit. Uh, but uh, I don't think if you're a Yankee fan still skeptical, I can't say that I blame you because it mm-hmm. does seem like every time maybe you start to get on the bandwagon and start believing in this team, they do something, something falls back, somebody else has COVID or something goes wrong, some injury or something like that. But you're right. This is the stretch of games where they should be able to kind of set themselves up. They're one out. Uh, of the lost column from the A's for that second wild card, the Red Sox who have been scuffling a little bit here lately. Um, So maybe the division is not as far away as you think, but the goal has to be right now, just focusing on that wild card. And if you get through this stretch by winning out of these 13 games, 10 of the 13, then you see where you stand. And and maybe, you know, maybe the season is not the complete loss that we thought it was, or at least I thought that it was. You're uh, six games behind the Rays, five, uh, five behind Boston. Mm-hmm. You're five in the lost column behind the Rays and four in the lost column behind Boston. And you, and you still not, have more games against them. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, again, mathematically it's not insurmountable, but how they play against those teams, it's hard to get, it's hard to get yourself too excited. At, at this point, I just want to be, let's do baby steps, right? Let's, let's, get, let's get rolling here. And, and at this point, from this point on, it has to be about the offense correcting itself. And these two games have been fantastic. Mm-hmm. And hopefully we're going to see, you know, not 13 runs or 10 runs every season, but seven runs, you know, sure. on a regular basis. Because they were even when they were winning games here recently, it's 4-3, it's 3-2, everything's a nail-biter. Mm-hmm. The, the, the offense is supposed to be the thing that kind of covers up all the other ailments and, 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 and low points of the team. And that has not been the case. The offense has been the lowest point of the team so far this year. So if LeMahieu and Glaber get going, if Rizzo can not keep this up but be a productive bat in that lineup, if Gallo gets going at some point, Judge does what he does, Stanton gets going. I mean, there's a lot of, there is a lot of talent in that lineup, but it just never feels like it clicks this year. Maybe it's just going to take a while for it to get clicking. I'm not on the bandwagon yet, but – I'm looking, I'm eyeing the bandwagon and seeing if there's still some seats available in the back. I'll say this. You have to reevaluate how you perform against Tampa and Boston with the two additions you got. That's true. You got to reevaluate. It's, this, is a little di- this is a little different. I mean, this is not Odor hitting cleanup. No. <laughs> okay. No, thank this God. Is hitting little, third, right. <laughs> you know, this is a little different offense that you got here. So we have to evaluate it. Let's see how they go. As you mentioned, I think, listen, for Gallo, Rizzo's been a godsend. Yes. Because we, right, because yeah. Because if he, yeah, if he weren't right here, now. oh, my God, Gallo. <laughs> all of a sudden, all those Yankee dreams would not be so quite so rosy. Exactly. So he's, Rizzo's been a godsend for Gallo at this point. But let's see. Once again, I agree with you. Let's see if they can put a stretch together. And then when you get ready to face these teams again – Okay, let's see where they are. Let's see where you are. And it's interesting for me, Gordon, and then we'll take a break. It's interesting for me. I, when's the last time Judge had off? When's the last time Stanton had off? What, how come there's no there's, there's no calendar markings for oh, these? They're guys all going to have a day days? off here before too long. Uh, I mean, they've sure been playing a be lot. Yeah. Well, look, the offense. You know, we can all say it's the, it's the uh, the Orioles, whose pitching staff I think is the worst in the American League, if not the worst in baseball. Mariners pitching is pretty bad, too. It's not, yeah, it it's not exactly great either. So, uh, you know, the Yankees should, if, if this is real, 
There's no reason why they're not able to connect Take against the, the, the Mariners and, and win another series. Got to win the series. Yeah. Got to win the series. You're better than the Mariners. Got to win the series. This is ESPN New York Tonight with Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.